Welcome to the Walking Down Main Street podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Coasters and Castles Travel. Coasters and Castles Travel has travel advisors in more than 35 states. We call our travel advisors vacation specialists. Our advisors can have specialties from theme park travel, ocean and river cruises, and all-inclusive resort travel. Our advisors travel frequently to better get to know the destinations our guests would like to travel to and regularly keep up with destination training. Our advisors do not charge a planning fee, so it costs our clients no more to book with us than it would to book direct with the supplier. For more information, go to www.travelcnc.com. That's T-R-A-V-E-L-C-N-C.com. For a no-cost, no-obligation quote, we can also be reached by phone at 844-422-8785. Let me introduce everyone. I am Lynn McAlini, co-owner of Coasters and Castles Travel. We also have April Botta, co-owner of Coasters and Castles Travel. Hi, everyone. So excited to be talking travel with you. And then we are also joined by Whitney Maddox. She is a senior vacation specialist with Coasters and Castles Travel. Hello, friends. We will be bringing you an episode each week. We will have topics related to Disney destinations, Universal Studios, SeaWorld, cruising, and fun and sun vacations. We love travel and want to share our experiences with you. Welcome back. And thank you again for those who have been tuning in to listen to us. Uh, We do appreciate those likes and shares and subscriptions. And don't forget to check on the YouTube page for um, some additional videos that April has put up. Um, She actually is going to be doing some uh, vlogging at some point as well. So if you keep watching there, you'll see some new stuff coming out. Um, We do have some vlogs up as well right now. Oh, anyway. Didn't know you put it up. We do. Um, we have a Hollywood Studios and Epcot. And also I visited Wonderworks in Orlando with my kids. And so those are up and more will be coming up. Yes. So she did lots of videoing when we were down in Florida. Um, so just wanted to let you know, it's just going to be April and myself tonight. Uh, Whitney had to take the night off. And we are going to talk about some current events in the travel industry. So we're. Uh, this will actually will be... Um, going live on, I believe the date would be September 9th. So this will be up on the podcast site on September 9th for everyone to listen to. Uh, So we're going to start off with talking about comfort levels within travel uh, or with travel, I should say, not within. Um, So we, we know that there are all different comfort levels out there. There are people who are, you know, who will say, give me a ticket, give me my uh, reservation, I'm going. Um, There are people who will say, nope, I'm not going to travel till there's a vaccine um, or I'm not going to travel till COVID is gone. And then you have, you know, all the way in between there. I know you know some other people who, you know, will travel often. What have you heard from people? I think I've really kind of heard kind of all levels of the spectrum you know you have the people that are like i'm okay to travel i feel safe and you have people that are scared to death and neither is necessarily the right answer and i think that's the biggest thing with this you have to follow your own comfort level everybody has their own health concerns they have their own reasonings 
you know, uh, whatever loved ones they're in contact with that could be susceptible. There, there's a lot of reasons as to why you may feel how you do it. And that's okay. If you don't feel comfortable traveling, you don't have to travel. I, I do have to say, though, I felt very safe being in the theme parks. And I know I've had people that have really laughed at me when I've told them that because it seems so hard to believe. But honestly, it's safer in the theme parks. At least that's my personal opinion, because they're militant to an extent of how much they're really trying to make sure that people are following the set protocols versus when you go to the area department store or grocery store. That's not the case. You know, people are more lax and you're kind of running into kind of all levels of the face coverings and social distancing is a challenge. And whereas in the theme parks, it's pretty regimented. So I do personally feel safer and I'm okay to travel there. I I think, you know, flying on an airplane, uh, from what I understand, a lot of them aren't using the recycled air. Um, Some of the airlines are having a space, leaving the middle seat available. But, you know, that's going to be your own comfort level, too, with what you feel. So I I think it's right now people are still kind of a lot of fear of the unknown with the whole situation. And and I think that's kind of the toughest piece with all of this. We just don't know if something's going to turn on a diamond again like it did. Right. And I think that, um, you know, as far as the airplane goes, we've both been on an airplane since this thing whole whole thing happened. We went in June Um, and the. With the airplane, I mean, I wasn't uncomfortable. In fact, on the way home, we flew home late at night, and I took my mask off to eat something or or drink something, and I literally completely forgot. I fell asleep without my mask on, Um, and it was in the dark, so nobody said anything to me. I mean, I wasn't trying to do anything that would not be appropriate. I didn't intend to do that. It just kind of happened, you know? So, and honestly, we've got a visitor. Sorry, folks, my... Cat decided to visit me again. She likes to do it when I'm talking up here. She had things um, she wanted so, to say. I know. She said meow. Um, I don't think she likes to travel because the last place she traveled was to the vet to get fixed. So <laughs> yeah, that's a scary place to get in that car again. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I really, I think a lot of it is going to be your, your own personal health. You know, are you a healthy person? Do you tend to get viruses? Um, do you have some of those underlying health conditions that could be an issue? Um, and and being aware of, you know, watching out for, you know, is somebody coughing or sneezing around you? Are you close to somebody if they're not wearing a mask properly? And I, and I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I don't panic when I see people not wearing masks properly. Uh, I see, see that all the time in the grocery store. You know, it kind of cracks me up when you have people that have it under their nose or <laughs> they decide they're going to cough or sneeze and they take it off. It's defeating the purpose. It's not really what it's for. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand it. There's a lot of misinformation and uh, on all that stuff out there. So um, I, I just say, you know, look at, and this is going to lead into our next subject too, or into a subject. Yeah. The next subject. Um, look at, you know, what the requirements are for where you're going and, and even look and say, Am I comfortable with that? And you honestly, if you're not comfortable, stay home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, no, travel will be there. We're very happy to help people, you know, plan other trips. And and quite honestly, we're planning a lot of trips for people for 2021, 2022. And we can even do some things, some itineraries in 2023. So, and I think dreaming about travel, 
planning travel is a great thing to be doing right now because it gives you that sense of hope or that thing to look forward to. Um, I know we were talking to one of our suppliers the other day and they said they're really kind of focusing on April forward next year, just because the first three months of the year, they are expecting there to be some uncertainty. Um, You know, we know that when cruises start to travel or start to cruise again, there's not going to be every stateroom filled. They're not going to have every one of their ships starting off day one, even though they're losing millions of dollars every month to keep these ships going because they can't just dock them and everyone gets off. They still have to have a staff on there and they still have to run the, the motors. They actually do drive out and come back and or sail out, I should say, and come back. So there's a lot of different you know options with that. Um, would you be comfortable going on a ship when they start sailing? I am ready to go on a ship day one. Honestly, I really feel like it's going to be one of the safest places, especially if you're on like the first sailing. I mean, there are ships that haven't sailed since what, February, they started stopping. They're clean. Like the germs are gone. (laughs) There's nothing there. And again, I believe that they're going to be absolutely militant with the protocol. They have to be. I mean, just like the theme parks, they're going to be under a microscope and there's going to be people waiting for them to make a mistake, honestly, and waiting to point a finger to say, I told you so. So they are going to be hyper vigilant to make sure that people are as safe as possible. So I'm ready to get on a ship. I mean, I'm really kind of a germaphobe pre-COVID time. You know, I've had health issues. I've gone through chemo in the past. I've had issues. So I'm one that I've always had alcohol gel and I wiped down everything and I didn't wear masks on an everyday basis. But, um, you know, so this is kind of second nature for me. And even having those concerns, I'm ready to get on a ship because I really think it's going to be safe. I I think it's going to be okay. You know, maybe after the hundredth sailing, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, you know, I don't think protocols are going to change, but I love some of the things that are being implemented. And we don't know a lot of what's going to happen with ship protocol yet because they're still figuring it out. But I know with uh, Royal Caribbean and Norwegian, they've created like an e-muster program where you can do it on the TV in your room as well as on the app and then go and see where your muster station is. So I think that's going to be a great change for anyone that's used to sailing. I I think another big change is going to be they're not going to have the buffets in the traditional format. They're not going to be self-serve. And I think that's going to be kind of universal across the board for any buffet or self-serve typical location is you're going to be served. You're going to be given pre-plated versions of whatever you're looking for. Um, So I think those are going to be some things. How they're going to be filled, I don't know what the capacity on board ship will be, but I'm there. So I cannot wait to sail. We do have a cruise booked for December. I don't know. I think I'd probably put money on that it probably won't happen at this point, but I'd love to be optimistic and think that it possibly could. There are some sailings that are happening uh, in other parts of the world. You know, local sailings where you're not having international travel, so like Europeans are able to get on a European cruise. And from what I understand, there hasn't been issues. So hopefully that's setting a nice precedent that we're moving in the direction to be able to get cruise ships sailing again, because it's crazy to think how long it's been since ships have left a port. Mm -hmm. And this MSC is the one that um, has their ships going over in the Italy area. Um, And and the interesting thing is there are changes. So, and we don't know what will be here in the United States at U.S. ports, because that's all going to be determined by the CDC 
and um, and what the CLIA organizations recommend as well, because they'll be involved with that. They all uh, work together for that stuff. Um, so what we want to do is, you know, take in, and be very vigilant about what the changes are. So, for instance, with MSC, they actually had some people who were not allowed back on the ship from a shore excursion because they went with a group not with the ship. And one of the new rules was that they had to stay with excursions with the ship so that they weren't mingling with other people. And so that was an important rule, and they decided to do their own thing, and now they were basically probably stranded at a port and had to find another way home and then find a way to get all their stuff off the the ship. So, you know, it it wasn't necessarily, you know, happy news to hear, um, but, you know, I think as travelers, it's going to be our responsibility to make sure that we know the rules and that we, we know exactly what we can do and what we can't do. And as travel advisors, that's a big piece that will be an asset to our clients for, because we'll be able to tell clients exactly what they need to do, what's important. And we can assist them in getting that all set up to make sure that there's not going to be any, you know, major issues with that. Absolutely. Um, I'll be interested. So the other thing we did want to talk um, about. I was just going to say, I was, would be interested to see how um, the initial identification documents will change. If passports will end up being required to sail is right now, if you do, uh, leave and return to the same port in the U.S. You don't have to have, for most ships, you don't have to have a passport. Uh, I expect that that will probably change, but don't know for sure. I mean, everyone hopefully knows that next October you need to have a real ID or a passport to travel, whether you're flying or sailing or whatever you're doing. Um, real IDs will be needed, so you know ha- definitely have that on your radar. But investing in a passport may not be a bad option. Um, you know, they're good for 10 years. And then if you want to go to Canada or you want to go to the Caribbean or go to Asia, you have you have it with you. So um, but I think that might be something that's going to change. And then if they're going to be requiring when it comes out, if they'll be requiring vaccines, who knows? Right. So um, one of the things that, that kind of brings us into our next topic is kind of the quarantines and then what is required to go to different states and countries. And it's it. This is a very fluid situation, so it's going to change consistently. But just to give you some ideas, a lot of the states right now. I'm I'm in Rhode Island. April's in Massachusetts, and I can't go visit April because uh, Rhode Island's numbers were too high for a little bit. I know today the number was under one percent, but I don't know what the uh, it was like. I think it was even like point one percent. So I don't know what the time period has to be for them to, to lift the ban from Rhode Island to Massachusetts. But so that's one example. If I were to go into Massachusetts, um, if I didn't regularly work there or like if there are people who live on the border who can go to the supermarket they usually go to. So that's not an issue, but you can't like go for a social gathering or something like that. Or it's a $500 per day fine. So it's really important to understand. And you can honestly just Google you know, the state and COVID requirements. So, you know, my husband and I were looking at taking some time up in New Hampshire or Vermont. And so we looked at Vermont. Vermont has the 14-day quarantine. New Hampshire doesn't have the 14-day quarantine. So we decided to go with, you know, New Hampshire. Um, and we'll go up there for, you know, a week in, in, Oct- in October. Um, but, you know, if, we, if I were to go to Florida and I come back, 
I'm going to have a 14 day quarantine. And in the state of Rhode Island, you can take a negative test. However, it still does not preclude you from having to quarantine for 14 days. So it's like, why bother to take the test? Um, In Massachusetts is not the case. If you get a negative test, you're good. You don't have to do anything else. Um, I was actually on a, um, a webinar today for Aruba. And for Aruba, you have to have a PCR test. There's a different kind of test you can take, and I don't remember the initials, that you can test before you go there because there are some states that don't have it or certain states that are in a high, um, uh, high-risk zone. And those states there, if you go to Aruba, even if you get the PCR test here, you have to get PCR tests there at your cost and then you're put in a quarantine situation until your test comes back, which is about six to eight hours. So, and then to come back in, and now this representative is from the Massachusetts area. So she was talking specifically about coming back into Boston. If you're a Massachusetts resident and you're coming back in, you actually have to actually get um, a test, another PCR test before you leave Aruba to come back into Massachusetts. And then you don't have to quarantine at all. Otherwise, you have to break quarantine to go get your test, wait for the results to come back in Massachusetts. And they're taking longer there than they are in Aruba because there's a lot more tests being done in Massachusetts and more people needing tests than there are in Aruba because the number of people that are visiting is so low. And so it's just something to keep in mind of. And that's something that we can assist with as well is to help you with navigating those requirements. Additionally, the country of Aruba is requiring that you use their travel insurance that they have. There's something specific that they have that that everyone's required to do. Um, And, you know, uh, we were on an ASTA um, conference last week, and they, in that conference, recommended that you actually do both the Aruba travel insurance plus another one because the Aruba travel insurance isn't going to cover all of the other things that you would want travel insurance to cover. So understanding and navigating those types of situations is also an important aspect. Um, I know that, um, I know people that are in Mexico haven't had to have a test to go there. I don't know if you've heard anything. I know we have some agent friends or agency owner friends who are in Mexico now, but. I haven't heard anything at all, no. Mexico, you don't have to have one. But again, that could change. And maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, I know that for Jamaica, you do have to have a test. Um, and you actually have to get approved. Approvals are behind right now. It looks like there is some people wanting to go to Jamaica. So um, April and I were due to go to a conference in November in Jamaica. Was it? Yeah, it was November. Or was it December? It was November. Mm-hmm. No, it was I November. I was confused. And that one there is now virtual because of these requirements. Um, so there, there is a whole bunch of different things. Um, April, is there any specific state ones that you've seen that were interesting other than the Rhode Island, Massachusetts one? I I really haven't done a lot of research on other states, honestly. I do know that Florida recently, um, previously they had a a requirement for quarantine for Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey, and Florida has since lifted that. Now, those particular states, I believe, do have a quarantine if you return from Florida. But you don't have to floor, have to have the quarantine to go to Florida if you're coming from those states. But otherwise, I'm really just kind of more familiar with the New England area um, being right here. And so that is the And that may part. be dropping. That requirement may be dropping, too. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it drop soon because Florida numbers have been dropping uh, significantly. So they're they're way down from what they were when they were up in the, the really high numbers. So um, they were up to like, I know I've heard one day it was like 15 or 16,000 positive in the day. They're back down to under 2,000 or under 1,500. So, you know, and that's a pretty large state. So, that, you know, and a lot of those are in the Miami area. So it's it's pretty concentrated in that area. But, you know, just like with New York, a lot of the stuff was concentrated in the New York City area. Um, in Rhode Island, a lot of it is concentrated in the northern Rhode Island and in, in the Providence, Pawtucket, Woonsocket area. Um, and I'm sure Massachusetts has a concentration in and around its busier cities, probably Boston and Worcester. Um, so, I, I, you know, it, it does affect the whole state, regardless of where you live and what the numbers are in your own area. Um, Definitely research before you're going to take a trip just to make sure you have the most current information and know what your expectations are. And, of course, double-check with employers because even though your state may not be requiring a quarantine, some employers still require a quarantine to return to work. So make sure you know how long of a vacation you're going to be expected to take. And school as well. Um, So there are – I was talking with one of our advisors today who was working with a client, and the daughter is not going to be going. But they were concerned that – she would be required to quarantine because they were going and they would be living in the same house. So that's one of those things you want to just double check, you know, just ask your employer ahead of time because the last thing you want is to have a problem or any other, whether it's an organization or school or whatever, you don't want to have a problem when you get back. So it's definitely a question you want to do ahead of time. Um, Any other thoughts on the, the quarantine, April? I don't think so. Again, you know, just double check so you know what to expect and then, you know, double check now and then double check again before you travel because it could change. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it doesn't change while you're on vacation. Yeah, um, that wouldn't be too uh, much fun. Yeah. Um, so then the other thing, we one of the other things we're going to talk about tonight is we started a new um, topic, I guess is the best way of calling it. Uh, for our podcast and it's uh, we're going to be featuring some of our suppliers so we did just have on september 3rd we had our first installment of our supplier showcase we talked to Lindsay davicos from universal studios in florida Uh, she does cover florida and hollywood uh, orlando and and hollywood i should say not hollywood florida but hollywood california so uh, we did talk with her. It was a great conversation. We talked for a little over an hour, so it was a longer one. You never know how long our podcast is going to be. Lots of good content, though. I know. They tend to be long. So, we like to share. We definitely had fun. Um, so that one there is uh, there. And then um, we don't have dates for the other ones yet, but they're going to be once a month. Well, actually, I do have a date. So they'll be airing the first Thursday of every month. Uh, right now, we're going to keep it to a monthly but we do have commitments to speak with somebody from the Las Vegas tourism board and to speak with our rep from Norwegian cruise lines. So we have those two to look forward to in the, the coming months. Um, we'll share more of which one is which, which one is which time uh, once we get them recorded and let you know. And then um We'll be uh, reaching out to some of our other supplier friends and, and chatting with them. And if there's information that you would like to know, we're trying to get, you know, information that we think you guys might like to know, talk about. Um, and at some point, we'll probably focus some, you know, itineraries or some properties and chat about some of the things that can be done at some of the places. 
because there's so many opportunities out there. Um, Hostess and Castles Travel did expand this year into doing more cruises. We did have, we dabbled in cruises a bit. Um, of course we did the Disney cruise line um, and we did some of Royal and some of Carnival and some of Norwegian. Um, but now we are actually, you know, focusing more on cruises and then we're going to be, you know, working with some river cruising. So there'll be those opportunities. And then we also got into the world of all inclusive resorts. So that's a lot of those fun and sun vacations, a lot of Caribbean, um, we do, there is one, um, all inclusive in the United States and that's with club med and that's down in, um, Florida. So, you know, there are some opportunities, uh, for those who are not theme park people to be able to, to work with us. Um, so we're now going to talk a little bit about some of the updates with universal and Disney and labor. I'm going to let you chat for a little while. Cause I know you have a list of this. Okay, so we just want to make sure that you have some up-to-date information because things do seem to be changing pretty quickly. So with Disney destinations, uh, right now Disney Cruise Lines has suspended cruise line, cruising in, through Halloween, October 31st, as well as Adventures by Disney uh, has been suspended through October 31st. Disney's Aulani Resort in Hawaii does not have a scheduled reopening date. So that's still, they're waiting to see what's going on. Hilton Head and Vero Beach, Disney's resorts in those locations, are both open. So if you want a nice fun and sun local uh, domestic vacation, check those out. As far as Disneyland, at this time, California theme parks are still closed. That goes for Universal Studios Hollywood, as well as Disneyland. Right now, the Disneyland Resort Hotels have just posted that they are not at opening till at least September 19th. However, I was looking online and you're not able to book any reservations for a Disneyland Resort Hotel before October 1st. So it's a little interesting. So they're announcing through September 19th, but I don't know if they're just being optimistic to push it out. And then if they are able to open sooner, then they'll open up bookings prior to October 1st. So just kind of have that on your radar if you'd like to visit. It's just a matter of figuring things out in California. Now, hopefully everyone knows that Walt Disney World is open. Yay. Um, But not all the resorts on property are open. So as of right now, the Boardwalk Hotel, the Beach Club Resort. again. Yeah. All right. So there are resorts that are not scheduled to open right now in Walt Disney World. And that is the Boardwalk Hotel, the Beach Club Resort. Port Orleans Riverside, Port Orleans French Quarter, and the All-Star Resort. So music, movies, and sports, all of those do not have an opening date yet. However, uh, the Grand Floridian Resort is expected to open as of September 21st, so that's coming up soon. The villa side of the Grand Floridian has been open. It's just the regular rooms that have not. So those will be opening. Coronado Springs will be opening as of October 14th. Art of Animation will open as of November 1st. And then the newest announcement is the Polynesian Village Resort. And this will be for the regular rooms, the standard rooms, is going to push off opening until September, excuse me, summer 2021. So they're going to use this time to take advantage of some refurbishment, redo the rooms, as well as the Grand Ceremonial House. So not a bad idea. Next time you go in, it'll be nice, fresh, and pretty. 
the villas and the bungalows in the Polynesian, however, have been open and will continue to be open. So if you're interested in trying any of the DVC rooms, and you don't necessarily have to be a DVC member to try them, then you certainly can at the Polynesian uh, and the Grand Floridian at this time. So know that about the resort. So you do definitely have some great options on all levels to visit there. They did just make some announcements, too, about some restaurants that are going to be opening in Walt Disney World. Gaston's Tavern, which is a quick service. They have some light snacks and drinks. Um, will be reopening in the Magic Kingdom as of September 4th, so as of tomorrow, as when we're recording this. And the ABC Commissary, which is a quick service, although you can make reservations to sit at it, it's technically a quick service restaurant, in Disney's Hollywood Studios, will be opening on October 8th. And then a couple of new table service announcements. Hollywood and Vine, which is also in Disney's Hollywood Studios, is going to be beginning their mini Halloween dine nights as of September 25th. And I think that one sounds like a lot of fun. They're going to have everything decorated with nice festive Halloween decor. And then you will be able to see characters. But you'll see them at a distance. So any characters right now you see from a distance and you can take a very social distance selfie with them. So they are not doing autographs. And so that one sounds like a lot of fun. And then Cinderella's Royal Table, which is in the Magic Kingdom in the castle. So that's a very coveted restaurant. will be reopening on September 24th. However, there will not be any princesses doing meet and greet. I'm not clear if it's going to be open for breakfast because it only mentioned like lunch, dinner meals. So I'm not totally sure if it's going to be breakfast, lunch, and dinner like normal or if it's just going to be lunch and dinner or even just dinner. So uh, reservations for Hollywood and Vine and Cinderella's Royal Table will be opening up on September 11th. So pretty soon you'll be able to go in and make some reservations and see if you can get in there. Then uh, some more news. The Park theme park hours are reducing. So I assume to because to manage with capacity because the theme parks have been at a reduced capacity and so many people are posting pictures of how barren it is on Main Street near closing. So the theme park hours have been reduced. So make sure you're double checking the hours prior to visiting so you know when to expect for the parks. And fall is coming to Walt Disney World, so that's exciting. They're not going to be having Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween parties this year. However, they still want you to feel festive. So Halloween decor, as well as um, special offerings for food and drinks throughout all of the parks, will be showing up as of September 8th. So in just a short amount of time, you can go there and fully feel festive in the parks. So I think that's exciting and I can't wait to see. Now for the Universal Orlando Resort, we do have some uh, hotel announcements as well. So Lowe's Portofino Bay Hotel, Lowe's Sapphire Falls Resort, and Universal's Adventura Hotel all are closed for the time being without an expected opening date yet. So the other four hotels are still open, which is the Hard Rock Resort, Lowe's Royal Pacific Resort, Universal's Cabana Bay Resort, and Universal's Endless Summer are all open and still able to help you and give you some fun at the parks. So definitely be sure to check those out because they are they're really awesome. I mean even Endless Summer, uh, which is their prime value resort, but it is absolutely worth the value. So check it out. You can get some good prices. 
and you can have a great time or you go to the Hard Rock Resort or go to uh, Lowe's Royal Pacific Resort and when you stay there you get the automatic unlimited express pass included. It's amazing. Totally worth it for your stay. Volcano Bay did just announce that they're going to be closed on Tuesdays and Thursdays as of September 8th. So you can go and I absolutely recommend Volcano Bay. It is so much fun and you really feel like you're somewhere tropical instead of in the middle of Orlando. It's well worth visiting. And you get the park-to-park ticket, so you can go to Volcano Bay in the morning, go to the park in the afternoon, or go to theme parks in the morning, and go to Volcano Bay in the afternoon. You so need to check it out. They have announced some fall offerings as well. Uh, Halloween Horror Nights, which is their big Halloween event, will not be happening this year. But some of the local businesses around City City Walk are going to have um, special offerings, Voodoo Donuts, the Cold Stone Creamery, and Cinnabon are all offering fall specialties, which sound totally yummy. And then one little fun thing, the Cinemark Movie Theater at Universal's Orlando City Walk is going to be starting classic horror films that they'll be showing from September 1st through October 31st. It's a, a discounted ticket, and they have special concession items. And so you definitely should check it out. They'll have all the great films showing, and you can go there and have a nice afternoon. Um, And the tickets are available for pre-sale, and I think they're being sold through Fandango. So you should definitely check it out if you're going to be in Universal. might be worth taking in a movie and getting in the Halloween spirit that way. And one new announcement with Universal. I'm not going to a horror movie. Yeah, Lynn isn't going to watch the horror movie. I would go. Oh. She was shaking her head feverishly as I was talking about horror movies because Lynn is not a horror fan. Absolutely not. I'll go, though. I mean, that would be a lot of fun. Um, And especially they're like discounted tickets. So why not? But anyway. So I I pay less to get worse nightmares than I already have. (laughs) Absolutely. See, it's a bargain. I'd rather pay none to get no, no, no nightmares or not any new ideas for my head. Well, you don't have to go. I'll go. I'll find a friend to go with me. There you go. And go see the movies. But Universal did just announce that there are some changes to their theme park tickets because the tickets are now going to be date-based. Disney had previously implemented the system, and now Universal is also implementing a similar system. So you do have to select the particular dates that you're going to visit the parks when you are purchasing tickets. And you have a scope of a window of days to use them. So a one-day ticket, you use it that one day, whatever day you say. A two-day ticket, you have five days to use your two days of tickets. Three-day tickets, you have six days of a window. Four-day tickets, you have seven days of a window to use them. And five-day tickets, you have eight days of a window to use them. So it does give you a little wiggle room if you want to go do something else, if you just want to hang out in the resort and go in the pools because the pools at the hotels are amazing. Absolutely worth it. But you have some time to be able to use those tickets. So so those are some of the new things that are going on and some of the not so exciting things with the closures. But the exciting part is that we're still moving forward. And as we talked about before, we feel it's safe to visit. So that's our opinion. If you're safe to travel, we definitely recommend checking them out because now is a great time to visit. So just to clarify on the endless summer, it's just the Surfside Inn that is open. 
Um, that's the one that was already open. Their other side, and I'm not going to remember the name of it for my life. Dockside. Um, Dockside. That was due to open, but has not opened yet. So when we talk about Endless Summer right now, we're just talking about Surfside Inn. Um, and then I wrote down ABC commentary. So I'm curious to see how they handle that because of with the right now, when you do a quick service, you order your food and you can't even come in the restaurant until um, your food is ready. And you get the little thing on your app that says your food is ready. And it's past be purple. Otherwise, if you're in a different way, they won't let you come through. Um, so I'm curious to see how they'll do it there because they do have the option of doing the reservations last. So that'll be curious. We'll have yeah, to test that out. I think so too, because I don't, I didn't see a note as to whether they're still going to be having the reservations for it or not. So we will have to check that out and see if we can let people know what's going on. I mean, it seems to be that if you have a reservation, they may let you go to your table and then maybe you mobile order from your table and they may bring you the food or you go up and get your food. I don't know. That will be interesting. Otherwise, it'll be like what we experienced with the other resorts that other restaurants that you order your food and once your food is ready then you can get your food and go find a table at a sit down so yeah i know when i was there in december um we had a reservation and they actually brought our food to our table so it was almost like having a table service except you know it was quick service style food um so that was kind of interesting so i'll be curious to see how they handle that that's gonna be on my um my checkout list and then interesting about Mickey's Halloween Dine. Uh, not Mickey's, Minnie's Halloween Dine. I wrote down Minnie, but said Mickey. Yeah. It, so it, Hollywood, and Vine, Hollywood and Vine, can't speak tonight, has always been a buffet. So I only saw a quick blurb on it. I'm imagining it's probably going to be like a pre-portioned serving buffet type where you go and you're served what you want. Or unless there's just people at each uh, cast members at each station where you go and say, okay, I'd like some roast beef or turkey or whatever. And they just offer you the food so that way you're not handling the items. But I think it sounds like a lot of fun. And especially being a Halloween decor, they haven't had any Halloween themed restaurants or dining opportunities in the past that I can think of. So I think that might be a fun change. Yeah. And I think honestly, part of the park hour decreasing is we forget that it gets darker earlier in the fall. And I think honestly that Disney does not want to try and deal and, and even um, universal because they're cutting their hours back as well. Um, I don't think they want to deal with trying to enforce social distancing in the dark and even mask wearing in the dark yeah. or facial coverings in the dark. I mean, they are really being fastidious about this. They are telling people you need to wear your mask properly or your facial covering properly. Um, and how do they do that if it's dark? It's going to be awful hard to see. And, you know, liability-wise, I, I don't see how they can do it. I mean, they've done a fabulous job, but I, I and I love being in the parks after dark, but I really do think that that's a big part of it is that. And I think even, you know, as far as I know, some people have said, well, well, why not open earlier? Well, there's so many things that they have to do now that they didn't have to do before. You know, they, I mean, when we were at Volcano Bay, there was one person whose job it was when people were coming in and out to literally watch the handrails of the escalator. That was their job for those several hours in a day. Talk about boring. Stand there wiping it down. I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, they were I just sitting imagine. there with a, with, a, with a cloth that with disinfectant on it, just holding it there as the, the, the railing did its rotation. There are people whose jobs 
in Disney and in Universal and in SeaWorld and in everywhere else whose job it is to literally go down and wipe down handrails. So especially with people, they, they have a limited time, you know, after the park closes. So I really think that some of that stuff they're being done in the morning. Plus, it's not like people just come in and punch in and go to their, their spaces anymore. Now they have to go through a health check there because they all have to have their temperatures checked. So they have to bring their cast members in. And, you know, what I know from HR stuff is you cannot ask people to work off the clock. And if that's part of their job is getting their temperature checked, that has to be during their work hours. So, you know, they're going to bring them in, but they're probably bringing them in in staggered shifts so that they can get that stuff ready. And then even getting ready the the, the restaurant stuff and... You know what I mean? I know there were people that were there early to do that stuff beforehand, but it's a whole nother world. Things are done totally different now. So there's a lot of different things and for them to get used to. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have little team meetings before their shift every day to go through reminders of these are things that you need to cover today. These are things you have to make sure you're watching for. Um, I mean, they've done a fabulous job, but you know, having worked event type things and knowing that you may not have the same people day one as you had day two. I mean, you probably have the same people, but it you may have, you know, employee A who only works Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, or that type. Of so I really think that the part of that has to do with the timing of getting everything ready in the morning. Um, but then even at night, and I, I mean, would you really want to be having to wash everything down at night in, in, the, in the dark? So that can be hard. And I mean, if you think about how many benches there are at Disney, how many railings there are at Disney, I can't even imagine. Can't I mean, imagine. all those plexiglass walls that they set up. All those people. I mean, think about when you worked in a, a retail store and just having the, the we, we called it section perfect. When I worked in a, a retail store and we had to go through after, we actually started before closing because otherwise we only had so much time to do it after closing. But you had to go through and make sure that there was no trash in the area and make sure that, you know, all the, the books, I was in a bookstore, all the books were set up properly and that they were, not huge gaps in the um, in the shelves, so it had to look a certain way. And I'm sh- I know they do that in Disney because you don't go in in the morning and find that place a mess. And I've seen how people leave it. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I could never work in a Disney store. Um, you know, so it's just a lot of work to you know pick up after people and clean and and it's even more now than it was before. So I think that I think that has a good part of you know to do with that. You know, is there some money saving opportunities in there? Probably, Um, you know, and and we know that they publicized on their um, quarterly report that they did not even have 20 percent capacity. And I know someone had said and they never published what their actual capacity limit was. But I know I had heard somewhere. And again, this is total rumor. I have no factual information on this, that it was about 30 percent was what they were allowed to do. So, yeah, I know we've heard heard that the state has now allowed them to go up to 50%, but, you know, whether whether it will get to that or not, we don't even, you know, I, Disney may said it. It'll be a little while. May, they may even set, even if they're allowed to go to 50, that doesn't mean they'll go there. They may set it at, you know, you know, 40 or something like that to go in, up incrementally. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, it's a good thing that we have some places to travel and we can get used to it, um, you know, and, and if you are comfortable and you're able to go, you know, feel free to reach out to someone from our Coasts and Castles travel team. Um, we would love to be able to, you know, assist you with your vacation. Um, any last thoughts, April? 
No, I think we covered a lot. You know, definitely just look into it. You know, make sure you double check before you go anywhere what what is going on, what changes have been implemented, what are the restrictions, so that way you know exactly what to expect because we wouldn't want anyone to have a disappointing vacation because something happens that you're not anticipating or you're expecting something and it's not there. So definitely check in or just ask, um, you know, ask if you if you know someone, if you have a travel advisor, certainly one of our travel advisors, you know, we're happy to talk you through and, and let you know and give you opinions. But, you know, if, if you're comfortable traveling, travel. If you're not, wait. But the biggest thing and one thing we've been really pushing is kind of the dream now and plan now. So if you're not comfortable traveling, you can still plan. You can still be thinking ahead because we have to be moving forward. I mean, personally, that's my sanity. If I'm not thinking and moving forward, that's when the COVID rut starts to sink in. And, and it just it's tough to get out of that. So it's healthier to think forward and think about what you can do and have something to look forward to is important. So dream now, plan now, and then do your traveling later on because there'll be time to travel. And when the floodgates open, people are going to be traveling. So get your plans taken care of now so you know where you're going and what you're doing. And again, you can have something to look forward to. You can start budgeting your money and um, save and, and you can have fun later on. It gives you more time to, to pay it off too. I mean, especially if you're going to plan something for 2022. Absolutely. You know, get your name in there, get your stuff all taken care of. You can budget it out and pay a certain amount you want per week. I mean, we're able to take payments as you like to pay them in most destinations. Some destinations require you to pay up front, um, but not all. And there's a lot that don't. I mean, the cruise lines, you, there's a paid in full date. Uh, it's usually about 120 days. Some vary um, with some longer times based on the itinerary. But, you know, so we can make payments and you're not strapped into a certain amount it's not like you say i want to pay a hundred dollars a week to have my thing and you have a week that you can't do it no problem you know it's whatever you want to do we can handle it um i do want to do a little teaser um we're going to be starting a travel talk on our uh agency facebook page which is coasts and castles travel um and we're going to be talking just with you guys it's going to be a live uh like similar to facebook live we'll be doing it on facebook but we'll be using another platform to do it because it comes through better and you can actually come on and ask us questions. Um, so we'll be able to talk a little bit more with people and, and see what uh, they're interested in. Um, so it's a little bit of a teaser. I don't have a start date on that yet. I'm working on a schedule for that, but I uh, just wanted to let you know, and you know, we would love to hear people um, not hear them, but have you come on and, and chat with us. Um, you can actually just type into the comments so you don't have to come on camera or anything like that. And, um, you know, we'll, we can uh, bring you on and, and have a nice little conversation. So we'll be having our travel chat starting soon. Again, I don't have a time frame. I will put that out on the Facebook page once we already start that. Um, and then, like I said earlier, April is doing her vlogging. So that's one of those things that she really likes to do. So she'll be sharing her destinations. Um, any, any that you're working on getting ready to send out? SeaWorld is going to be my next project. So we have our SeaWorld podcast that I'm going to be showing on YouTube, and I have some SeaWorld videos that I'm going to be showing. So we'll have a couple of SeaWorld things, and then we'll have some more Disney, and um, we'll see. I've got some Universal, so 
I'm trying trying to get things going steadily, but and we're releasing each weekend. So new YouTube videos each weekend. So definitely check it out, Walking Down Main Street. So check it out, listen in. Please like, subscribe, share, tell everyone. We we want to build our audience, and we appreciate everyone that has checked in and stayed with us and listened to us through all our episodes. Thank you so much. Yeah, we were counting tonight. This is actually on um, for the podcast is. With all the bonuses we've done, this is our 23rd episode. So it's hard to believe. Exciting. Yeah. So I know we, we don't do it live. We're not ready for that yet. <laughs> At some point, you know, uh, we, will we will do that. But right now we're recording ahead of time. Um, so now we're bringing it more current, though. So um, this is actually a Thursday evening, and this will air on a Wednesday, the next Wednesday evening. So anyway, so we wanted to thank you all again for joining us tonight. And... Um, Wish you a good night. And again, we appreciate all those likes, shares, and subscribes. Just a reminder to be sure to check out the Walking Down Main Street blog. Many of the agents from Coasters and Castles Travel write articles and share fun information. That can be found on walkingdownmainstreet.com or by searching Walking Down Main Street on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. If there is a topic you would like to have us talk about, please feel free to email us at info at travelcnc.com. That's T-R-A-V-E-L-C-N-C.com. A quick note about our sponsor, Coasters and Castles Travel is a full-service travel agency that specializes in Disney destinations, Universal Studios, SeaWorld, ocean and river cruises, and all-inclusive resorts. The agency has been awarded the authorized Disney Vacation Planner status and the You Preferred Partner Program with Universal Studios. The agency was also honored with the President's Award with Travel Leaders in 2019. Minutes are precious, so until we meet again, enjoy them with your friends and family. 